0: Welcome back to another episode of the Note for the Comments podcast, the Basketball Insider Edition. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, and this is episode number 15 August 29th let's go over a couple things with social media you can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at NFC podcast we're also on Facebook no further comments now listen if you have anything you want to direct at me you don't like what I'm saying some people do some people don't you can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham M-E-A-C-H-M AM. I'm also on Facebook, just Alex Meacham. Episode number 15. Now listen, it's been a while. I've been on vacation. I was in Los Angeles, California. A lot going on, but we're back and I'm excited. Episode 15. Now listen, we came in to something different than what we normally do. Now normally we come into the smooth sounds of the iconic 90's rapper Big Daddy Kane. Today we came into the iconic, the king of pop, Michael Joseph Jackson, born on August 29th, 1958 in Gary, Indiana, not too far from here in Cincinnati, Ohio, about four hours and some. Today would have been Michael Jackson's 60th birthday, which is which is crazy to believe he'd be 60 today and we watched Michael Jackson grow up. A lot of people watched him grow up from a, a child star to, you know, an adult mega superstar. It's so just an amazing and sometimes bizarre career that he had. But we came into the sounds of of Michael Jackson's You Rock My World produced by Rodney Jerkins. A lot of people don't don't are not familiar with Rodney Jerkins. He made a lot of uh, r and Uh, soul hits uh, during that 2000 period. I'm I'm not even sure if he's making much music anymore, but I'm going to tell you what, You Rock My World is one of my favorite Michael Jackson songs. and I, I, I like the beat, but more so I like the way Michael Jackson's lyrics and the sound of his voice over the production just matched up so well made that one of my favorite Michael Jackson songs of all time. Now listen, Michael Jackson had a huge love for the game of basketball. And if you remember the song, Jam, and the video, the GOAT, Michael Jordan, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, were both in the video. So it was Michael Jackson and Michael Jordan in the video, the two great MJs. And now that I think about it, Michael Joseph Jackson, Michael, Jeffrey, Jordan, MJJ, MJ, both were the kings, both, both are goats, incredible. Well, speaking of birthdays, on August 23rd, Kobe Bean Bryant turned 40 years old. I want to make this entire podcast dedicated to Kobe Bryant. On August 23rd and part of August 24th, if you were on any type of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you saw videos and tributes to Kobe Bryant. And I got to thinking, and I'm going to pose this question, how come Kobe Bryant isn't discussed as one of the GOATs to the level that you have... LeBron and MJ. It almost like it skipped Kobe. It was like, ah, Kobe might be the GOAT. Okay, LeBron, MJ, who's the GOAT? Now, this generation, a lot of these kids think LeBron's the GOAT, and many people across all generations think Michael Jordan's the GOAT. So, you have that debate going on almost every single day. You turn on Undisputed, First Take, any radio station, they're debating LeBron, MJ, who's the GOAT? It's a hot topic right now. Let me tell you, personally, I was a fan of Kobe. I wasn't a huge fan of Kobe. Let me repeat that. I was a fan of Kobe, but I wasn't a huge fan of Kobe. Tremendous amount of respect for him. Uh, Killer instinct. Had all the ingredients of the players of the past hated to lose. Uh, he was he was Michael Jordan light to me. He he grew up going to flight school, and, and for those who don't understand that, he pretty much was the next Michael Jordan. He looked like Michael Jordan. He shaved his head at a young age. He wore the wristband on his arm. He wore Jordans. He walked like Jordan. Had the moves like Jordan, the fadeaway, the dunks, very similar in height and weight. And eerily enough, if you watch older interviews of Kobe Bryant, he sounded like Michael Jordan. There's no doubt he went to flight school. But just looking over some of his career highlights, Kobe Bryant went to Lower Marion in Pennsylvania in 1996. He was the 13th pick of the Charlotte Hornets, uh, traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. And when he started his career, he was number eight and he had the Afro. So it was like almost two careers. It was the number eight Afro Kobe. And then there was the number 24 short hair Kobe. And now as of the last month, Kobe's bald like me now. He's shaving his head. And it's funny because I think a lot of these athletes are scared to shave their head like LeBron scared to shave his head, Kobe didn't shave his head, when both of them probably needed to during their career. But I think that was too, shaving your head's too close to being like Mike. They do want to be like Mike, but I think they want to be better than Mike and don't want to look exactly like him. So anyway, you've got the number eight afro, number 24 short hair Kobe. He was a five-time NBA champ, two-time NBA Finals MVP, and 15-time NBA all-star I- incredible resume one of the best resumes of all time but yet people do not have kobe bryant in the goat discussion like they do lebron when compared to michael jordan now there, there are very few people i know gosh maybe a handful of people who will tell you kobe bryant is the goat he's better than michael jordan uh, of course, these people are younger, um, and they grew up watching Kobe. I don't know that they got the full, the, the full serving of Michael Jordan. They might have saw the last bit of Michael Jordan, but all of Kobe's career. But let me dive into why I'm a fan, but not a huge fan. And, and why I think that's the case for me. And I can't speak for everyone else, but I think it's why, why it's the case for me is also the case for other people. And I've talked to my friends that are of the same age, and they kind of feel the same way I do. But, but before, I, before I set that stage, let let me, let me say this. I actually saw Kobe Bryant before he was Kobe Bryant. The the superstar Kobe Bryant. He's always been Kobe Bryant. Before he was the the superstar megastar Kobe Bryant. I was in high school. playing AU basketball, and I'm in AU basketball tournament. Uh, I played on a average AU basketball team. I was a average high school basketball player, average AU player, and we were playing at a pretty big tournament, and. There were I want to say four courts in the gym we were in. And I believe it was like a high school it, it was a high school but the high school had an auxiliary gym that had four gyms and we were on one court we had finished our game and on the court that was kind of catty corner to where we were playing there was a big game and a lot of people were lined up watching the game and was talking with all my teammates hey let's go over to the other court and no one knew the kid's name on the court but everybody called him the michael jordan looking dude hey let's go over there and watch the michael jordan looking dude this guy had a bald head 6'6 212 pounds maybe at that time moved like michael jordan had the wristband so we go over there to watch him Incredible, never seen anybody like him at, at, at my age and at that level. It was Kobe Bean Bryant. Now, keep in mind, at this tournament, later on in the day, after Kobe played, Kevin Garnett was there with his AU team and he was playing and Steve Nash was there with his AU team and playing. I believe his team was out of Canada. The crazy thing is, we didn't know Steve Nash's name. We didn't know Kevin Garnett's name. This was pre-internet, so we didn't have the the access to Twitter and Instagram like the kids do today. And they know everybody. They know the top eighth grader in uh, South Carolina. Things that we just didn't know back then. If if you knew a great player, it was because of ESPN, Sports Center, or it was in a magazine that you go buy at the local grocery store. But we just didn't have the internet and access to Who's who? So we didn't know Kobe. We didn't know Kevin Garnett. We didn't know Steve Nash. But at this tournament, those three greats were all playing. So so I saw Kobe before the the, the big hype. And I also have two other connections, and I want to tell two quick stories, uh, my connections with Kobe Bryant. Uh, During my time of playing college basketball at the University of Cincinnati for the Bearcats, my teammate and oftentimes my roommate on the road was a guy named Reuben Patterson. And Reuben Patterson was drafted um, by the Lakers, I believe, in 1999. <clears throat> so he played for the Los Angeles Lakers and he played with Kobe. And the rumor is this. The rumor is Reuben Patterson played Kobe so tough in practice that Kobe forced management to trade Reuben Patterson. And Reuben was then traded to the Seattle Supersonics, and then he eventually ended up with the Portland Trail Blazers shortly after that. So, now keep in mind, I, when I played college basketball, I played for one of the great, great defensive uh, build toughness coaches in America, and that is Bob Huggins, current West Virginia head coach. And, and Bob Huggins, he set, he set it up to where practices were tougher than the games. Practices were physical. Guys were, 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 were bumping heads. Guys wanted to fight each other. But what Coach Huggins, the environment he was creating was when we got to the games, the games seemed easier at times than the actual practice. And that's, and that's how he wanted things set up. So you take a guy like Reuben Patterson, who was an incredible defender, one of the best defenders um, I've ever been around. So you, so you take a Reuben Patterson who, who, was, who grew up under the Bearcats system, goes to the Lakers, and, and think about the NBA. You play 82 regular season games, and really they don't practice as much as you think they do. They might come in, get shots up. That's a long season. You're on the road. You're traveling a lot. You've got to go to the West Coast. You've got to go to the Midwest and you, you know, the East Coast, and you play all these games. Your body gets worn down. They don't go at it and practice like they do in college. Ruben did not know how to turn off what the, the stuff he developed in college. He couldn't turn that off in the NBA. He was guarding Kobe Bryant as if we were back at Bob Huggins bearcat practices. Kobe then wanted Ruben traded. Ruben was traded to the Seattle Supersonics, played for the Blazers. <laughs> and funny enough, if you go on the internet, go to Google and type in Reuben Patterson, Kobe Stopper, you'll see articles, videos. Reuben one day decided when he was playing, I believe it was with the Supersonics and carried over to the Trailblazers, that he was the Kobe Stopper. He was the one guy in the NBA that could stop Kobe. And it became one of those things that really took off in the media, and every time they played, it became the headline. So that's my guy, Rube. I love Rube. And uh, that's, that's that's another connection that I have uh, to Kobe is is through Ruben Patterson, a.k.a. the Kobe Stopper. Now, my other connection is after I finished playing with the Bearcats, one of the players that came in to play for the Bearcats is a guy named Tony Bobbitt. Tony Bobbitt played for the Bearcats under Bob Huggins and then went on to get drafted by the Lakers in 2005. So now you have pretty much back-to-back guys from the Bearcats getting drafted to the Lakers and Tony Bobbitt played with alongside Kobe Bryant. But the story and the rumor is that one night, Tony Bobbitt decided to go to the nightclub with Kobe Bryant. Tony Bobbitt's a rookie. Kobe Bryant is a superstar, veteran, very high-paid guy. Tony Bobbitt's a rookie, still getting his money. Tony tried to go dollar for dollar with Kobe in the club and the rumor is Tony pretty much blew his NBA check in one night in the club with Kobe Bryant. So kids, anybody out there, don't, don't go to the club in dollar for dollar with Kobe Bryant and starts at that level. You will have a very, very short NBA career. So, so those are my connections to Kobe. I've never met him and my hope is one day I do have a chance to meet him uh, in the future. And I know he's doing a lot of things within the media world. He's doing a lot of cool stuff after basketball, which I really respect. I almost have as much respect now for what he's doing after basketball as he did when he played. And I have a tremendous amount of respect for him as he played. He worked hard. He practiced. He was he was dedicated to his craft. But now that he's transitioned into a different life he seems to be content with where he is There's, there's of course there will be rumors of him coming back to the game which I believe that started to surface this summer but I don't believe he's coming back to the game I think he has things set up from a business standpoint to where he can be comfortable being Kobe Bryant in 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 his new world his new business and I think he's gonna do a very very good job and it's fun watching him if you've had a chance to see any of the uh, things he's done media wise He'll come um, onto a show or he'll, he'll put out videos in which he breaks down maybe a team offensively doing, a player and what this player is thinking when he catches the ball offensively, how he's uh, looking at the defense and attacking the defense. So really really cool to hear from a guy at that level who, who was so cerebral when he played. So now that I set the stage with that, I want to I wanna jump into – Kobe and his perception, um, why I was a fan and not a huge fan and why a lot of other people uh, think like that. So let let me say this. Growing up, I stopped what I was doing to watch Michael Jordan play. Even today, I stop what I'm doing at times to watch LeBron James and what he's doing. I can honestly sit here and say, outside of maybe one or two different occasions, I didn't stop what I was doing to watch Kobe Bryant. that's no offense to him as a basketball player and and, and his skill set, but I just just didn't stop what I was doing. And And I'll give you an example. So I'm at a friend's house, and I'm a kid and I rode my bicycle over to a friend's house. And this was back, we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have any way to, to, uh, to communicate with each other unless you called that person's house. And so I'm at my friend's house and my brother was at home and he called my friend's house and he said, hey, tell Alex that Michael Jordan is coming back to basketball and he's playing versus the, NBA, uh, the Indiana Pacers and the game's coming on at three o'clock. So before this day, Michael Jordan had retired from basketball and he retired prematurely and people were like, man, why would Michael Jordan retire? And there's a lot of rumors, you know, gambling and all this and that of why he retired. But this is the first time he retired. So there were rumors that he was going to come back. But once again, we didn't have the Internet. I I didn't really watch SportsCenter as much as I normally do those last couple weeks. So I I didn't know... That Michael was going to be coming back that day, that game, versus the Indiana Pacers. So I get on my bike. I book it home as fast as I can. I run in the room, turn on the TV. And what do I see? Number 45 on the TV. And I'm like, who is 45? And my brother said, it's Michael Jordan. I said, no, no, Michael's 23. He says, no, Michael came back wearing number 45. And from that point on until the end of his career, it was must-watch TV every chance I got to watch Michael Jordan. And we were fortunate, I think, at that time that um, we had WGN on cable, which was the Chicago station. And every Chicago Bulls game was aired on WGN. So here in Cincinnati, we could watch every... Michael Jordan game. And back then we had VHS. I know a lot of kids have no clue what VHS is, but I would tape every Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls game. Still this day, I have a big box. I have two boxes of Michael Jordan tapes of his games for, God, I got eight years worth of worth of tapes. So I, I, my point is, I'd stop what I was doing. I'd get on my bike. I'd run home. I, I, I'd do whatever to watch Michael Jordan. And, and the same with, with, with LeBron James. Just, there were so many times when I wanted to stop and see what he was doing. I mean, this, this past playoffs is a great example of, you better, you better sit down and watch this. Um, LeBron James was incredible. Not only this entire past season, but this playoff in particular but Kobe Bryant his his listen his last game the the game that he retired on it goes down in history as maybe one of the greatest send-off games of all time and I don't know about hockey baseball and football any of those type of send-off games from a basketball standpoint that was the greatest send-off game of all time that I've ever seen He ends up with 60 points or whatever it was. and I mean, it was just phenomenal. It was must-watch TV. And listen, I respect Kobe. And and people think, I tweeted out, I'm a fan but not a huge fan. And people were coming at me as if I I was hating on Kobe or I didn't like Kobe. I love Kobe. I respect him. I, I just missed him. And here's why I think I missed him. I think for me and for many others of that generation... There was a hangover when Michael Jordan retired. So we watched MJ, and when, when Kobe came into the league, I think people were still, it was still Michael Jordan's league. It was, people were watching Michael Jordan. It was Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. So I wasn't paying attention to Kobe. And then when, when Michael left the game, it was like, eh, I, I don't really care about the NBA right now. I was so disappointed michael jordan wouldn't be on tv anymore i couldn't watch mike i couldn't see what shoes he was wearing that particular game which was a, one of my favorite things to do was to to turn the tv and see what shoe michael jordan was wearing and say man i gotta get that shoe i gotta go cut the grass rake the leaves i gotta get 150 200 to make sure i had that shoe but when he retired after the wizards i just didn't have I just didn't have a passion to watch the NBA. I didn't have a passion to watch Kobe. In hindsight, being 2020, I really wish I would have been smart enough to really watch Kobe and appreciate, I think, his talents more at that time um, and watch his full body of work. And I think I would have really enjoyed it. Um, and I, I feel kind of and, and listen, I'm, I'm I'm older. I think I'm smarter. <laughs> that's that's debatable, but I think I'm smarter. To where, you know, like LeBron James, I'm sitting down, I'm watching as many LeBron James games as I can. Because, listen, in three to four years, he's not going to be the LeBron James we've known. Father Time's undefeated. It's going to catch up. I want to be able to say that i watched LeBron James' career because he's one of the greatest. And I'm smart enough to kind of know that now. I think there were a lot of people during that time period that felt the way I felt. The hangover from from Michael Jordan. Yeah, I don't want to watch Kobe, you know, and even though he played like Jordan, and you would think he plays like Jordan. So I should watch him. I should appreciate that. And I didn't. But I tell you, there was there was one thing that that I think. If you look at Michael Jordan's not only success on the court, but off the court, obviously, Michael Jordan, a billionaire, and all the business things he's doing. But really what was the launch pad for a lot of things was Michael Jordan's shoe line with Nike Air Jordan. But also Kobe, he deserves a lot of credit for for changing the shoe game, much like Michael Jordan did. In 1996, Kobe Bryant signed with Adidas and he was an adidas athlete so he wore adidas shoes and i think for i don't know how many years he was an adidas athlete um does have some iconic shoes that he wore with adidas uh he had the 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 kobe eights i think he had three of those he had the kobe's Uh, i think he had two versions of those but i think it was after the kobe two shoe with Adidas. He wasn't happy with Adidas, and he didn't like the the performance, the look of his shoe, decided to leave and sign with Nike. Well, here's the problem. He goes and signs with Nike, and then right as he signs with Nike, he faced some legal issues. A woman charged him with rape. He had to go through a court case, and it was just an ugly situation. But here's Nike. They go and sign this $40 million contract with Kobe. So now they're kind of stuck, and they're like, well, we can't really back out of this right now. We don't want to lose the money, so we're going to stick with Kobe. But the deal is we're not going to give him a signature shoe. So I think he wore like an Air horachi and... Um, but then but the, 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 there came a point when he got his own shoe eventually. I think he got through things. I believe it was around 2005. He had the uh, Air Zoom Kobe 1s. And, and what changed it for me and I think the whole shoe world was when the, Co- when the, when the Zoom Kobe 4s dropped and he started the whole line of low-top performance shoes, now, now listen, there have been guys that have played the game of basketball, Steve Nash and Michael Bibby and a lot of other players that have worn low-top shoes, but but no one had an influence on the game performance-wise with low-top shoes than Kobe Bryant. Here's a six six, two 220-pound guy playing in a low-top shoe, and, and, and past history would tell you players that play the game of basketball should wear mid to high tops because oh it's going to tear your ankles up but Kobe believed and Kobe grew up internationally because his father played overseas he played professionally so Kobe's fluent in Italian and different languages and he was a big soccer guy so he said why can't we take the soccer shoe mix that with a basketball shoe and and make a performance low top that kind of gives you the wiggle room and movements that you'd get from a soccer shoe and that's when the Kobe 4 was was created. Um, and then from from the Kobe 4 to now, I don't know what they're on, Kobe 13s or whatever they're on. I mean, he's had a tremendous run with the Kobe shoe. And all of them from the 4 to now have been low tops. Um, he did have uh, one shoe that was a high top, but there was a, a low top version. And he had the high top when he tore his Achilles And on the back of the shoe. I think there were like four or five um there were like stitch marks on the back which were representative of his uh, achilles tear and the stitches that were on his leg from that so the shoe actually had that and that was pretty cool and they needed to have a high top shoe in order to creatively uh, make that happen from a design standpoint now i i i to speak for myself um the, my, my favorite kobe shoe of all time is the kobe six uh, i think the majority of shoe people, shoe collectors, will say the Kobe 6 and the 4 were probably everyone's top Kobe shoe. And not, maybe not everybody, but I would say most people. It's just like with the, the Air Jordan collection. A lot of people will say the Jordan 11s, the Jordan 3s, um, You know, even the Jordan 4s are or the best Jordans ever. And I think with the Kobe 6 and 4s, that's how a lot of people feel. So his impact on the shoe game, uh, I, I truly believe, was, was tremendous and, and and just second to what Michael Jordan has done. And obviously LeBron James has his own shoe line, and uh, kids love that, and he's doing a tremendous job with that. But uh, one last thing I want to say about, about Kobe Bryant, and, and that is I believe Kobe wanted to be – like Michael Jordan, so bad, or, or let me rephrase that. I think he wanted to be better than Michael Jordan. that's probably better said he wanted to be better than Michael Jordan to the point a lot of people thought he was selfish, you know, and i don't I don't know that in Kobe's mind during a, a large period of his career that he thought he was being selfish, I think he thought. I need to do what I need to do to help my team win so I can get six championships. If I can get six championships, then people will put me on the level of Jordan. If I get seven, they will say I'm better than Jordan. So I'm going to do whatever I need to do. If I need to shoot 30 shots a game and score 36 points a game, that's what I'm going to do. But I think it was all a result of he wanted to win more than I want to be a selfish player. Now A lot of people will disagree with me on that and say, nope, Kobe flat out is a selfish guy which I, I personally you know don't think so well listen kobe bryant he had a birthday 40 years old michael jackson his birthday today 60 years old uh, another person i want to recognize really quickly is mano ginobili he recently retired uh, this week from the game of basketball, and you talk about someone that's had an amazing run, played with the uh, San Antonio Spurs from, let's say, 2002 to 2018. And what, what an amazing run he had, four-time NBA champion, uh, two-time NBA all-star. Just an incredible, incredible run. And probably next podcast, I want to discuss uh, Manu and, and his impact on the game, being an international player and just the way he played, being, I think, a lot more athletic. Than people thought he was uh, or, or the perception of an international player I think he changed that uh, perception and I'll dive into that uh, next basketball insider podcast And make sure you check out our normal no further comments podcast with my friend Glenn and our super producer Mario DeRamus. Uh we'll be jumping into I believe episode God, 54 God we've done a lot of those um, and we touch a lot on pop culture and uh, movies, politics on that podcast, and this one specifically touches on basketball. So, once again, if you want to reach out to us on social media, we're on Facebook. No further comments. You can check us out on IG and Twitter at NFC Podcast. I'm on social media, Alex Meacham on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm at Alex underscore Meacham, M E A C H A M. And I I want to just roll back out to. The King of Pop, one of the greatest to ever do it, and I can say growing up, I wanted to be like Michael Jordan, but I also wanted to be like Michael Jackson, like a lot of kids, and for the young people that are listening to this podcast, God, if you only knew, the red jacket with the zippers and the the glove with the glitter, the moonwalk down the street, every kid was doing it. I mean, Michael Jordan and Michael Jackson's impact on young people during that generation was, was, was magical. I mean, I think that's the only way to, only way to say it. So, in honor, we're going to roll out once again to Rock My World by Michael Jackson. And I want to thank everybody for listening to Episode 15, the Basketball Insider edition of the No Further Comments podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham. I'll be back with number 16 next week.